Welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg. Today, we're going to be talking about sexual health after menopause. This episode is particularly important for our folks out there in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Average onset of menopause is about 51. Maybe our special guest will correct me on that, but so happy to welcome Dr. Nazanin Mowali, a certified sex therapist and the host of a very popular Sexology with Dr. Mowali. It's a top 20 podcast. I listen to it all the time. I think it's phenomenal. Dr. Mowali, thank you so much for being here today to help us talk about this important topic. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Greg, for inviting me. I am so excited here. I was just sharing with you that how, how much I love your show. It's full of great information, and I'm excited to be part of this. I'd love to actually dive in first to this general idea of adjustment being natural in the you know the course of our lifespan in terms of sexual health what are your thoughts in general about adjustment for folks uh, who want to really have a thriving sexual life in their 40s 50s and beyond in general what are your thoughts takeaways for our audience well my invitation for people to think about their sex life as something that doesn't have an expiration date mm -hmm. sometimes people think that uh, sex is something for younger people in their 20s that they have and when you are in later stages of life it's it's normal for you to be a sexless not experience desire or some people think about if there are people who are older want to have sex there's something wrong with them yeah. so i think that's very unfortunate. I think it's just a matter of maximizing problem solving the areas that we need to work on if there are issues, but everyone deserves to have a, a healthy, exciting sex life. I love that. I love the, the attitude and mentality. And I know the science backs you up, uh, Doc, here, because we know that people can really have a thriving, full sexual life throughout their lifespan. But there are things that that change, uh, and this is an organic biological process, menopause specifically. Uh, my TikTok audience member asked this question, said uh, she's experiencing menopause, and she just wants to have an understanding of what are, what are some of the things that she can expect in this process and what impact, if any, uh, it will have on her overall level desire, but just her sexual health in general. What are your thoughts about this specific question about menopause? Well, I think it's amazing that the, your follower, this person is thinking about what will come up for her and she's, she would like to problem solve and think ahead. Uh, not everyone who goes through menopause experience a drop in their desire, but because of changes in estrogen and testosterone, oftentimes people need to make some adjustment in their sex life to make sure that they're continuing to have that exciting thriving sex life that they they want to have and it's never too late to start having the sex that you want uh, so there are a number of things that people need to think about one is a uh, physiological health kind of hormonal health uh, some women might experience a drop in their hormonal level and that's something that they can address not necessarily even with taking medication many people choose to to take hormonal replacement therapy post-menopause, but oftentimes even research shows that people can change their diet and uh, add things to their diet that helps them to feel uh, experience and have more of those wonderful hormones that, that helps them to feel like uh, more of sexual desire. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes what I notice as a sex therapist, there is a shift in 
type of desire people experience. So you have two different types of de desire. One is spontaneous model of desire. It's okay. like when you're like in your 20s and you have raging hormones, you're sitting at your desk and all of a sudden you're experiencing desire and you want to have sex. Arousal, the whole thing, you're fantasizing maybe and comes very easily to you perhaps. Spontaneous, like you might you might not even need that much of a trigger. Maybe you're thinking about exciting things and boom, the desire is there. Mm -hmm. But people oftentimes in later stages of life, what they experience is a responsive model of desire. What it's like, uh, it's like you're starting with the uh, kind of like foreplay first, meaning that you're engaging in lovemaking and seeing what comes next. So when you have this openness for sex and then you're engaging in things that might be stimulating for you, then that's the time you're experiencing desire afterwards. It's not less than the model of spontaneous sex, it's just different. My understanding, it's uh, more limited to you. You're a certified sex therapist, which by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is a phenomenal credential to look for if you're thinking about working with a sex therapist to address any of these issues. But the idea is desire and arousal are interlinked and the investment that each and any one of us in a romantic relationship makes in our own uh, arousal level, our own connection to our desire level. Uh, we can actually lay the foundation to get into a space where, let's say, lubrication isn't an issue, perhaps, even though that is one of the potential uh, side effects of menopause. Is Am I on track here? Oh, you, you're an expert in love and relationships. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. And that's what another challenge that many, many women experience is that, okay, when I'm when I'm going through menopause or even premenopausal years, my body is not as responsive. Mm -hmm. I'm not experiencing lubrication or it might take me longer to feel aroused enough to experience orgasm. So I think it's just a matter of thinking ahead that there's nothing wrong with using lubricant. I even tell my clients in 20s and 30s and young younger people that it's it's such a good way of improving your sexual experience. So I think it's very helpful to kind of know that, okay, if that's something I can use, there's nothing wrong with that. Another reason that many people are experiencing challenges with desire is that they are having sex when it's painful. Mm. And when sex is painful, you're going to want to have less of it. <laughs> so it's yes. kind of a clear. Yeah, no, I so pain is another piece. Uh, these are some potential uh, experiences that people may experience vaginal pain, for instance, as they get older, 40, 50s and beyond. Not necessarily, right? You mentioned that right off the bat. I'm thinking specifically about heterosexual relationships and a couple really needs to have conversations about menopause. I mean, right? We, we need to just openly and honestly talk about the fact that uh, maybe lubrication changes, maybe arousal changes, maybe we need to spend more time enjoying foreplay. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we should enjoy that anyway. I would hope you would enjoy that anyway. But are these reasonable things to be considering with your partner as you're getting into your 40s and 50s? Absolutely. And uh, vaginal atrophy is some, one of the experiences that some women have around menopause. And unfortunately, it's one of those situations that uh, use it or lose it. Yes. So <laughs> it's important to uh, schedule sex. Use or, it. <laughs> or if you, you don't have partner, kind of engage in solo practices. Yes. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And I love the communication piece that you mentioned. What, what's a, just a good piece of advice for folks to kind of get over that hurdle of bringing it up to their partner? 
Well, what I invite my own clients to do is I, I tell them to do at least once a month sexy happy hour. Okay. These, these are designated time that you and your partner are sitting down and talking about what do, what are some of the things that are working in the relationship sexually and what do you want more of? And that would be an opportunity to say that like, honey, I love these positions that you're doing or when you were doing this in foreplay, it was fantastic. And let's do less of this or let's experiment with this. Uh, and oftentimes our partner wants, they want us to have good experiences. Yeah, everybody so, wants to have a good time, right? Right, I mean. <laughs> right. And if they know that, that, that helps you yeah. uh it can help with connections uh what you mentioned here today sounds to me like a, you know sort of a version of the gottman method when they talk about state of the union addresses i i'm going to steal this idea from you doc to have my couples you know spend at least one of their state of the union perhaps and talking about their sexual pleasure and what's going on what's going well you do it in a very gentle way so i just want to point that out that, that it's a very vulnerable thing for a lot of people to talk about, correct? Absolutely. And you want to do it outside the bedroom. We're not mm -hmm. giving feedback unless it's critical in the middle of like sexual experiences. So that's why you have that designated time. Oh my God, that's all amazing. Let me let me get an answer from you from a separate but perhaps related question from another TikTok audience member who's talking about having some intrusive visualizations, ideas of of their partners past sexual partners there could be a number of different ways and i know that yeah. you're thinking about the same uh, same thing that there are a number of different reasons that someone would have that visualization one of the common times i see that people have it uh, right after experiencing some kind of infidelity mm -hmm. and they think about okay i uh, i worked through it but they truly haven't worked through the pain the other parties are have this sense of strong jealousy mm -hmm. that they they think about a uh, partner's lover is nothing to do that has nothing to do with the partner and has everything to do with their challenges and what they're experiencing. So I think it's important to think about what is this uh, story that shows up for me in the middle of the sex uh, has like, it's about for me. It's a, is it about me? I'm not being attractive. Is it about me not being good enough? Really trying to understanding the story and labeling it as a story. I wanted to mention, if this is an obsession for you, that's something that you can work with the uh, mental health providers because people at times struggle with relational OCD and that's something that requires professional help. Yeah, so there's then a potentially an intervention that has to happen to stop that ruminative process. Uh, but you, may, you make a really important point, which is the point that we'll probably end our show on today. I want to highlight this for my listeners because I believe that many of my listeners have experienced uh, some variation of post-traumatic stress, particularly in relation to infidelity. And we know that symptoms are similar. Uh, you talked a little bit about some of those. So honor your experience and really take stock of, you know, have we processed this as effectively as we need to? And if there's a question there, why not just reach out to a local provider, get a consult, See if there's any more work to be done around that because sex is intimately connected. The doc can tell you this, intimately connected to everything else, our psychology, our body, our memories, and all that's all so important. Dr. Moali, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for being here today. It was such an honor to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Cheers. Well, check out Sexology with Dr. Moali. It drops Tuesdays every week on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your podcasts. I will throw the link in the show notes for today's show. Until next time, love each other fiercely.